This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Well, today we continue in our series called 50 Days of Faith. In these lessons, Rick looks into God's Word to discover the true meaning of faith and explore ways we can strengthen it. But first, today, when you join our Partner in Hope family, By signing up for automated monthly giving, we'll send you a special welcome gift as our way of saying thanks. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. Or simply text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Following God's Directions. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you uh, are very detailed people? Can I see your hands? You, You like to deal with the details. Yeah, okay. Probably maybe half of you. I am not a detailed person. Not in the slightest. You are looking at Exhibit A of Attention Deficit Disorder. Right? Yeah. I am not a detailed person in any sense of the word. But let me tell you something. God is. God is a detailed person. God cares about the little things of life. God cares about details. Surely in your spare time, you've done an exhaustive study of the book of Leviticus. (laughs) God cares about details. Have you ever looked at nature? You pick up a little flower and look at the intricacies inside that flower. God cares about details. The Bible says every hair on your head is numbered by God. God cares about details. Now, because God is a God of detail, he is infinitely interested in every detail of your life. And he is infinitely interested that when you obey him, you don't just obey him, but why you obey him and how you obey him. Are you doing it in the right way and for the right reason? Let me give you an example. Now, I'm not saying this is true, but let's just imagine my wife Kay says, Rick, I want you to move Joshua's uh, double bed from upstairs downstairs in our house. But wait until Matthew comes home from school so he can help you get it down the stairs. And I think... You know, I, I can do this on my own. I, you know, I'm macho, and I don't want to wait. And so I get the bed, uh, you know, the be- box springs and the mattress and this huge, um, you know, frame and everything, and I start scooting it down the stairs by myself. But because I can't get it all the way by myself, I start scratching the wall and knocking paint chips off and putting dings in the plaster and knocking off all kinds of, you know, uh, pictures on the wall. And I get it to the bottom of the stairs, and she's upset. Now, I'm not saying this is a true story. But in this hypothetical situation, I said... You know, what's, you know what's, what's the big deal? I did what you asked me to do. I got it downstairs. And she said, yes, but you didn't do it the way I asked. Now, let me tell you what love is. 
Love is when you say, I'll do it the way you want it done. That's love. I will do it the way you want it done because I love you. And let me tell you what faith is. Faith is, I'll do it the way you want it done because I trust that you know the best way to do it. When you love God and when you trust God, you say, God, I'll not only obey you, I'll obey you the way you want me to do it, when you want me to do it, for the right reason you want me to do it. I will do it your way because I love you and I trust you. Faith is trusting God in the details of life. Look at this next verse, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. One day there was a man who was ill. His name was Naaman and he had leprosy and he came to Elijah and he said, I'm a very famous man, but I've got leprosy. What do I do? And Elijah said, I'll tell you what, just to show your faith, God wants you to go down to the Jordan River and dunk yourself under it seven times. And he goes, you got to be kidding. He said, no. He says, well, it's humiliating. He said, yeah, it's humbling yourself before God. Because there are a lot better rivers. Jordan River's a muddy river. He says, well, you know, just do it. So he goes down and he starts dunking himself. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's still got leprosy. He had to do it completely. And on the seventh time, he comes up and he was cured of his leprosy. Special power in the water? Absolutely not. It was because he was obedient to God. He had faith and he obeyed God completely you know what Jesus says he says if you trust me in the details of life if you are faithful in the little things it means you trust me and I will reward you with bigger things in heaven if you're faithful in little things you will be faithful in much and you will have greater responsibility greater reward and greater joy in heaven incomplete Obedience, partial obedience is not only disobedience, it's a lack of trust. This week I got this letter uh, through an email. In 1990, I opened up a video store as a side business. I decided to carry adult videos since they make up 30% of all video rentals, revenues. But a couple of years ago, I began attending Saddleback. And one day I told my wife, how can I ask God to help our store when I don't do what he wants? I gotta get rid of those adult videos. My business partner said, are you crazy? We depend on that income. But I knew we couldn't expect God's blessing unless I obeyed him, and so we got rid of them, all of them. The first weekend without the adult video, something strange happened. I was flooded with new customers, and I didn't know why. Then everybody told me that you, Pastor Rick, had told everyone to come in and rent a video just to support our decision. Boy, did they come. I had to call all our employees in just to handle the crowds. I eventually closed that store, but I've never forgotten that lesson about obeying God, even when it doesn't make sense. My life changed, and I committed to doing whatever God wants. I was baptized and became a member, and so did my partner. After we closed that store, I still had my job in the trash business, which I'd been in for 18 years. But our company was bought out, and I was fired. That was devastating. An attorney gave me plenty of legal reasons to sue. But again, I knew that I had to obey God and not seek revenge. It was another test. It was also a witness to those who saw how I responded. A few months later, a relative suggested that I start my own trash business and he'd invest in it. 
So I did, and it began growing like wildfire. Then one day, he suddenly needed his money back. So he sold the company without my knowledge to my old employer, the one who had fired me. I couldn't believe it. My business was gone, and adding insult to injury, sold to the very people who had cheated me. Once again, I had to step back and think about why had God allowed this and how he would want me to respond. Made no sense at the moment, but God had a plan. It ended up with the company who refused to pay me severance, having to pay me way more when they bought my business. When you do the right thing and trust God, he takes care of you. Obey God immediately and completely. Number three, you want the blessing of God in your life? You must obey God joyfully. Joyfully. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Obey him gladly. Psalm 119, 16, I enjoy obeying your commands. Psalm 119, 47, I find pleasure in obeying your commands. Why? How is it enjoyable to do what God tells you to do, to follow the instructions, to obey his command? How is that enjoyable? Three reasons. Number one, because I'll have fewer problems. If I follow the instruction manual for life that God the Creator laid out, it's going to have a whole lot more benefit and fewer problems in my life. When you're putting together a bicycle, does it help to follow the instructions? Yeah. So you'll have fewer problems in life, so that makes it enjoyable. Number two, I know I'm going to be rewarded in heaven and I can see all those promises that God has made. And number three, it's enjoyable because I love God. I know what he's done for me, so I love him and I want to obey him. Look at the next verse. Loving God means doing what he tells us to do. You know, in marriage, the longer you live together, the more you know what offends and grieves your, your partner, your husband or your wife. Now, you don't know that when you first get married, but the longer you're married, the more you figure out what will offend that person, like blowing your nose at the dinner table or <laughs> leaving the seat up, you know? You, you learn what offends your partner. Oh, come on. <laughs> but if you love that person, the longer you're married, the less you do those things because you don't want to offend them. You love them. You don't want to grieve them. You love them. When you walk with the Lord through many years, the more you realize what God has done for you, how good he's been to you, the less you want to offend God. You enjoy doing the right thing. You enjoy keeping his commands. And you do it because you love God. Do you know how God measures your love? Not by what you say. Oh, I love you. I praise you. God measures your love by your obedience, by how well you follow directions. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's how we prove our love. Now, I said earlier, it's better to obey God, even with the wrong motivation, and than disobey. But if you do that, you'll start letting the love develop in your life. If you want the blessings of God in your life, you obey him immediately, completely, joyfully, and continually. That's the fourth, continually. 
Because life is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. And you obey God not sporadically, now this year, not next year, yes, next year, no, the next year after that. It's all your life. Look at these verses. Psalm 119, 112. I am determined to obey you until I die. Have you made that choice? I have. I have made the choice that I am determined to obey God until I die. And the blessings in my life have been beyond my wildest dream because I am determined to obey God for the rest of my life. Look at the next verse. This would be a good verse for you to put on your refrigerator door. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Make that your prayer. Now, some of you say, Rick, why doesn't God tell me what to do? I've been praying saying, what should I do in this situation? And I'll tell you why. He hadn't told you. Because you're not already doing what he's already told you to do. God does not play games where you say, God, tell me what to do, and then I will decide whether to do it or not. He's not going to tell you that way. No, You say, God, in advance, I'm telling you, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. That's faith. And then he'll tell you. Why should God tell you what to do in this circumstance that you're worried about when you're not already doing the things you already know to be the will of God and you ought to have done and haven't? Why haven't you already done? Why is he going to give you further revelation when you haven't acted on the truth he's already told you? Look at the next verse. We must be sure to obey the truth we have learned already. Already. Now, the last six weeks in this 50 days of faith, I've been giving you a lot of truth about faith. Have you acted on it? Have you done anything about it? See, we kid ourselves thinking, if I'm hearing about faith and just learning and taking notes, then I'm growing. No. The Bible says faith without actions is dead. You have to act on it. It's acting on faith that makes you grow, not just listening and taking notes. It's doing something about it. So inside your program, I want you to pull out this action sheet. The 50 days of faith, putting my faith into action. It is amazing that you could sit through an entire message on obedience, walk out, and do nothing about it. And yet the Bible says, notice the verse at the top of that page, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. Now, these statements here are what we've talked about for the last seven weeks. The first week we talked about faith is expecting the best, even when things don't look good. And then the second week in this series, we talked about faith is stretching my imagination, even when I'm full of doubt. Maybe you need to think bigger. The third week we talked about faith is taking the initiative, even when I feel like procrastinating. Week five, we talked about faith is persisting even when I feel like giving up. Last week, we talked about faith is giving my tithe back to God even when I think I can't afford it. And this week, we've talked about faith is doing whatever God tells me even when it doesn't make sense. Now, I want you to put it into action. So I want you to pick one of these things right now, or maybe two, and write down an action step. What am I going to do right now? Ready? Go. Write down one action step because faith without action is dead. And while you're writing that down, Pastor Tom is going to come up and sing a rendition of feelings.
Just seeing if you're listening. Okay. Go ahead. Write, write down an action step. I don't care which of these you choose. Just pick one that God has spoken to you on that you know he's told you to do something here. Are you going to do it? Or are you going to delay? Now, folks, what we're talking about this morning is the most basic, fundamental thing of Christianity. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is one. Not everybody who claims to know Jesus Christ is going to heaven. Look at the last verse on your outline. It's an issue of obedience. Matthew 7, 21. Not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter heaven. This is Jesus talking. The decisive issue is whether they obey my Father. It's all in obedience. Let's bow our heads. As we close, let me ask you a couple of questions. What does your obedience to God reveal about your faith and love? Is your obedience to God immediate or delayed? Is it complete or is it partial? Well, God won't care about this one little area. I'm sure it's okay for me to do this. Is it joyful or is it reluctant? Is it continual or is it spasmodic? What do you know is the right thing to do, but you've been putting it off? Where has your obedience been incomplete? When you know it and you haven't done it. Why don't you pray this prayer in your heart? Father, there are many areas in my life where I know what you want me to do. I just haven't done it. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me for my disobedience. I now realize today that it was a lack of faith. I wasn't trusting that you knew best. I ask you, Jesus Christ, to give me the strength to follow your directions immediately, completely, joyfully, and continually for the rest of my life from this day forward. And I am going to trust you to fulfill all these promises in my life. In your name I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be right back to close out our time today. But first, over the last couple of years, we've all experienced worldwide changes and events that have impacted us in profound and sometimes unimaginable ways. For many of us, those changes will impact our lives for years to come. Pastor Rick believes that now more than ever, people need God's Word and the hope that it brings. That's why he'd like to invite you to become a partner in hope. Here's Rick to tell you more. No matter where you're listening to this program right now around the world, I want to thank you for your support of Daily Hope. Your prayers and your financial contributions are literally helping people all over the world learn about the hope that we have in Jesus. Did you know that in just this short time, people from over 200 countries have visited the Daily Hope website? And we have listeners all throughout the United States, India, Africa, South America, Australia, Korea, Hong Kong, Europe, all over the Middle East. In fact, right now, someone's listening to this broadcast and getting to know Jesus because of your prayer and because of your financial support. So I just wanted to say thank you.
Your support means so much to me personally, and I want you to know that I take your trust very seriously. Every single dollar you donate to Daily Hope goes right back into the ministry. You know that I don't take a salary from Daily Hope. You're never going to hear about Kay and me owning a private jet or, or some boat because we want to invest as much as possible into God's kingdom because that's what's going to matter for eternity. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. And I believe Jesus meant it when he said that. Now, we want Daily Hope to reach more and more people. So I would appreciate you prayerfully continuing your support of this ministry. Would you pray about it? Here's the prayer I want you to pray. God, what do you want to give through me? I would love to have you as a partner in hope. Go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 to become a partner in hope with automated monthly giving and receive your very special welcome gift. As a bonus, we'll also send you God's Big Plans for Me Storybook Bible. That's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. There are only three days left to become a partner in hope and receive your special welcome gift, so don't wait. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.